0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 178 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code On, and you will get $10 off of your next order. And as we all know, the Rangers, they're teed up for the number one overall pick in the draft this year and will in all likelihood use it to select Alexi Lafreniere. I'm not going to quite put it at 100% yet. You never know. I mean, maybe some team comes along, gives the Rangers some kind of an insane trade offer that they can't possibly refuse. But the Rangers are a rebuilding team. There is a quote-unquote generational talent available who basically just fell right into their lap. That doesn't sound like somebody that you should be passing on on draft day. So I think we can put it at 99.9 percent that the Rangers hang on to this number one overall pick and use it to select Alexi Lafreniere. But today, I thought we could do something a little bit different. We are going to dive into the past a little bit, start in the year 2000, work our way back to current day, and we're going to take a look at all- Of the players who were selected number one overall beginning with the year 2000, moving all the way up to 2019, just to see how they fared. You know, are there players who have been with their team for 10 or more years? Are there players who have become perennial all stars? Are there MVPs in there? Are there multiple time Stanley Cup champions? Do we have any just total busts? All that good stuff. We're just going to take a look, like I said, at the last 20 uh, number one overall picks and hopefully use it as a way to get excited for the Rangers, ultimately selecting Lafreniere with this year's first overall pick. We'll start in the year 2000, the first overall pick belonged to the New York Islanders, and they used it to select goalie Rick DiPietro. Well, we're 0-1 here. Uh, that obviously did not work out for anyone. And what makes it so much worse, I mean, we all know that Rick DiPietro certainly struggled with injuries in the NHL. That was at least partially to blame for his lack of having a good NHL career, but what makes this so much worse is the Islanders actually traded away Roberto Luongo to make room for DiPietro, so not only did they bring in a guy who was supposed to be a franchise goalie and never came anywhere close to living up to the hype, but they traded away a guy who could have been their franchise goalie. Uh, You know, Roberto Luongo, I know he didn't win a Stanley Cup, but he did just about everything else in the NHL, had a great NHL career, so basically a double whoops there by the Islanders. Uh, DiPietro played in 318 career NHL games, a save percentage of just 902, and a goals against average of 2.87. He had 130 wins, 136 losses, 8 ties, 28 overtime losses. Early in his career, kind of bounced back and forth between the Islanders and the Sound Tigers a little bit. He went 3-15-1 as a rookie in 2000-2001 with the Islanders. He ends up being bought out by the Islanders in 2013, but was still owed $36 million at the time, so he agreed to be paid two-thirds of the $36 million dollars that he would have been owed over the next eight years at a rate of one and a half million dollars over the next 16 years. And so the Islanders are going to keep paying Rick DiPietro one and a half million dollars per year until 2028, 2029. Wow. Well, if there's any lesson here, it's that there is definitely no such thing as a sure thing. The Islanders definitely swung and missed here, uh, trying to get a franchise goalie, and instead they end up with the Bobby Bonilla of hockey. But to say the very least, there have definitely been better results at the number one overall pick than Rick DiPietro, including 2001, Ila Kovalchuk going number one overall to the now defunct. Atlanta Thrashers. Just a quick side note, your beer league hockey team has won as many Stanley Cup playoff games as the Atlanta Thrashers ever did during their entire existence. Just wanted to throw that out there. But Kovalchuk, he's had a great career and a very long career as well. In fact, he is in the playoffs right now with the Washington Capitals. He's had a really weird season. He started this year with the Kings, which is strange to begin with because the Kings kind of in a rebuild mode. So like, why do you bring back Ila Kovalchuk, who hasn't even played in the NHL in a couple of years, uh, and just throw him onto your team? That didn't really make sense. This was his second year with the Kings. They end up making him a healthy scratch and basically just say it's going to stay that way. They end up uh, giving him his release. He catches on with the Canadians. The Canadians think they're going to be sellers at the trade deadline because they didn't know it was going to be a 2014 playoff tournament. So they trade him to the Caps, and that's where he is now. So Kovalchuk has a chance to win his first career Stanley Cup. It never really worked out with the Thrashers for Kovalchuk as far as team success is concerned, but it's hard to lay all the blame at his feet. The Thrashers just could never really get anything going. In Kovalchuk's NHL career... 926 games, 443 goals, 433 assists, and still playing here at the age of 37. Uh, He even took a five-year detour in the KHL before returning to the NHL in 2018-2019. So fair to say the Thrashers definitely hit with this pick, even if it did not lead to a lot of team success. The 2002 first overall pick, we've got our old buddy Rick Nash. The Blue Jackets take him number one overall in a pick they actually acquired from the Florida Panthers to move up two spots. I think with Nash, the one thing that you have to say that kind of works against him is that he kind of slowed down in his career a little bit faster than you would have hoped. By the time he was getting into his 30s, uh, he was really, you know, just kind of a shell of what he used to be. Injuries obviously had something to do with that. And of course, he had to retire due to concerns over concussion symptoms. Certainly understandable. All things Things considered, I think you can make the case that maybe Nash didn't quite live up to the enormous hype that inevitably comes with being the number one overall pick, but he was a very, very good hockey player for a very long time. 1,060 career games, 437 goals, 368 assists, 46 points in 89 playoff games. I know Ranger fans always wanted him to do a little bit more in the playoffs, which is not completely unfair, but overall, you know, a very, very, Solid career for Rick Nash and a guy who, you know, the Rangers brought in. He was kind of their uh, their prize get. They traded with the Blue Jackets to bring him in, and he was a very, very good player for the Rangers. Maybe you could argue that he didn't quite live up to the enormous expectations, but the bar was so incredibly high. I still think Rick Nash had a very nice career with himself. And you got to say, the Blue Jackets, even though, like I said, they ended up parting ways with Nash, they certainly hit with this pick, making Rick Nash the number one overall selection. 2003, the first overall pick belongs to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they select Mark andre Fleury. Fleury's had a great career. He's won the Stanley Cup three times. Uh, he was great for the Penguins back in 2009 in the playoffs when he first won the Cup. He didn't play all that much during the Penguins' run to the 2016 Stanley Cup, but he did play 15 games in 2017 when he won his third and thus far final Stanley Cup uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He has a career goals against average of 2.57, a career save percentage of 9.13. Listen, the three cups alone, you got to call this a hit for the Penguins, and Flurry has been very good with the Knights as well. He led them to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year of existence. He deserves enormous credit for that because he was kind of cast aside by the Penguins. You've got this Knights team that everybody thinks is like just this uh, this team of castaways, which they kind of were. I mean, that's what you get with an expansion draft. But yeah, I mean, Flurry was fantastic for them, leads them to the Stanley Cup Finals as an expansion team. Uh, I don't think you can say enough about the job he did for them that year. Dating back to his time with the Penguins, uh, Flurry, you know, he does seem to go through these funks where he just kind of forgets how to play goalie. But overall, uh, a very, very good career and still going strong today. You got to say that this was a hit for the Penguins. Like we said, he won three Stanley Cups. So I don't think all that much more really needs to be said. We go to 2004, Alex Ovechkin taken number one overall by the Washington Capitals. Do I even need to talk about Ovechkin? I mean, quite simply, listen, slam dunk Hall of Famer, one of the absolute best hockey players to ever live. Uh, Still going strong at the age of 34, 706 goals, 572 assists. I mean, these are just insane numbers. He at least has a chance to catch Wayne Gretzky's 894 goals. Only time will tell if he's able to pull that off, but at 34 and the way he continues to play, he's really got a shot at it. Uh, Just a phenomenal hockey player, very physical player as well. Ovechkin finally won his first Stanley Cup a few years ago. Really, that was the only thing missing on his resume. I think we can move on here. Safe to say the Washington Capitals hit on Alex Ovechkin. 2005, the Penguins take Sidney Crosby first overall. Same thing here as with Ovechkin. I know Sidney Crosby is not exactly a favorite of Ranger fans, myself included, but he has had an incredible career. I mean, let's call it what it is. He's still doing his thing at the age of 33. Uh, I know they just got bumped out of the playoffs by the Canadians, but Sidney Crosby, three Stanley Cups, uh, 462 goals and 801 assists in 984 career games. I mean, just crazy numbers. Uh, 189 points in 168 career Stanley Cup playoff games. One of the all-time greats. Once again, it's a no-brainer. Drafting Crosby, number one, has certainly worked out out for the Pittsburgh Penguins, especially when you consider that they have won three Stanley Cups with Crosby in the fold. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, Com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.biltbar.com. Moving along in the list here to 2006, going number one overall that year was defenseman Eric Johnson, taken first overall by the St. Louis Blues. He has since moved on to the Colorado Avalanche. He only spent four years with the Blues, and in 2010, he was a restricted free agent and re-signed with the Blues on a two-year $5.2 million deal. He was traded to the Avalanche in 2011. You might also be interested to know that in that trade, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, obvious Ranger legend there, went from the Avalanche to the Blues as part of that deal. And Johnson has been with the Avalanche ever since. He is actually now an alternate captain for the Colorado Avalanche and plays in a top four role with the Avs. You can maybe say that he is underwhelmed a little bit, especially as a number one overall pick, just, again, because the expectations are just so high when you get taken number one overall. He's made just one all-star game that was back in 2015, but he is a solid player, obviously still a big part of what the Avalanche are trying to do over there in Colorado. They have a great chance to be uh, one of the last teams standing this year, or even the Stanley Cup champions. You know, they they definitely look good. They look dangerous. Uh, he signed a seven-year, $42 million extension with the Avalanche in 2015, so the Avs obviously... Uh, big fans of what he brings to the table over there. Now if you're the Blues and you could have a do-over back in 2006 you might opt to draft really any of the next four players that went after Eric Johnson. The case can certainly be made because Jordan Stahl went second overall, Jonathan Taze went third, Nick Backstrom was fourth, and Phil Kessel went fifth. I don't know if you would put all of those guys in front of Johnson. I mean, Johnson's good at what he does. He is a good player. I don't want to sell him short, but man, Jonathan Taze, Jordan Stahl, Nick Backstrom, yeah, I think you'd have to take uh, one of those guys over Johnson if you had a do-over and you're the Blues. But with Johnson, you know, it wasn't a grand slam first overall pick, but not a disaster either. He's had a very nice NHL career and continues to contribute to one of the best teams in the NHL in the Colorado Avalanche. 2007. Patrick Kane goes number one overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. He has obviously had an outstanding career, a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He put up 110 points two years ago, which was actually a new career high. Uh, still just 31 years old. He has 389 goals and 633 assists in 973 games, so more than a point per game for his NHL career. Safe to say the Blackhawks hit on this pick, especially when you consider the three Stanley Cups. And as we go through this list, you know, You're starting to see just how big it can be to get the first overall pick. I mean, Ovechkin, Crosby, Kane, uh, even Marc-Andre Fleury. You know, these are all guys you can build around, guys who become franchise players, guys who become perennial all-stars, and in the case of some of these guys, you know, multiple-time Stanley Cup winners. So that first overall pick is huge, and as you can see as we're going through this list, there's a lot more hits than misses for these teams that were able to pick number one overall. We go to 2008. You've got Steven Stamkos going at number one overall to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, Stamkos, of course, still looking for his first Stanley Cup, but he is just 30 years old, so he should get a few more shots at it, including this year. Obviously, the Lightning uh, still alive in the playoffs. They are up one game to nothing after that five-overtime marathon against the Columbus Blue Jackets, as I am recording this. Uh, Stamkos, six-time All-Star. He's had some injury issues over the years, but if Tampa could do it all over again, certainly I think they would still pick Steven Stamkos. 803 games, 422 goals, and 410 assists. He led the Lightning to the Stanley Cup Finals back in 2015. Of course, the Lightning beat the Rangers that year in the Eastern Conference Finals before losing to the Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup Finals. But again, you know, Stamkos still looking for his first cup, but that really does seem to be the only blemish on his resume, and I get the feeling the Lightning are more than happy that they took him number one overall in 2008. 2009, you've got John Tavares going number one overall to the New York Islanders. Tavares obviously chose to move on to the Maple Leafs in free agency going into the 2018-2019 season. But he was a great player for the Islanders while he was there. He was their captain. He's now the Maple Leafs captain. The big thing working against Tavares is that he has not had a ton of success in the playoffs. In fact, just one playoff series win in his career. But it's not as if he hasn't done anything in the postseason or he just completely chokes. He does have 15 goals, 15 assists in 36 career Stanley Cup playoff games. He's still just 29 years old, which is hard to believe. It seems like he's been around longer than that. But he's got time to, you know, rectify that situation as far as his team's not getting it done in the playoffs is concerned. He certainly is part of a very talented Maple Leaf squad. They just haven't, for whatever reason, been able to get it done in the playoffs. But he's off to a great start in his career, a six-time All-Star. We got to call this another good pick by the New York Islanders. Listen, he left in free agency. Players do that sometimes. It is what it is. I don't think the Islanders would do anything differently if they could go back in time to 2009 and make this pick over again. 2010, you've got Taylor Hall going number one overall to the Edmonton Oilers, and it's really weird with Hall because he's obviously a talented player, and it looks like going into free agency this year, he might be kind of the cream of the crop, so to speak. He might be the most coveted player on the free agent market, but Ten years since Taylor Hall has been drafted, and he can't seem to find a home. The Oilers, you know, they trade him to the Devils for kind of an underwhelming return, which kind of left a lot of people scratching their heads. The Devils move him to the Coyotes this year. The Coyotes seem to think that they could convince him to sign to a long-term deal. Maybe he still will, but that has not happened yet. Uh, But Taylor Hall, he is a five-time All-Star, 563 points in 627 games. That's 218 goals, 345 assists. However, kind of like Tavares, not a lot of success in the playoffs. He is in his 10th year in the league. This is just his second trip to the playoffs this season. And of course, the Coyotes were helped along by the fact that it is a 24-team playoff tournament this year. He has never been on a team that has won a playoff series. He is just 28 years old. So again, plenty of time for him to kind of flip the script on his playoff track record. But I don't know. For me, it, it just really is weird that this guy who went number one overall just can't quite seem to find a city to call his home. I mean... Is he going to just become a journeyman like he's the number one overall pick? Is he just going to bounce around the league from team to team to team throughout his whole career? Uh, It will be very interesting to find out where he lands on the free agent market. And I got to be honest here, I have zero interest in the Rangers even attempting to bring him in because that money would be better spent on the Rangers' own upcoming free agents in future years and maybe even bringing in some other free agents from around the league after next season. Like I said, I don't expect the Rangers to go crazy in free agency this year, but we will see. I don't think uh, Taylor Hall ends up with the Rangers next season, however. 2011, you've got Ryan Nugent Hopkins going number one overall to the Edmonton Oilers, and it's funny because he's almost the forgotten man at Edmonton because, you know, Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, they get so much attention there, and rightfully so, but, you know, Nugent Hopkins, after a little bit of a slow start to his career, uh, turning in some of his better years in each of the last two seasons, uh, 69 points last year, 61 points this year, 443 total points in 604 career regular season games. Uh, just one All-Star game. He made the All-Star team back in 2015. So, again, you know, maybe this is slightly underwhelming for a number one overall pick, but he is a good player, He certainly has helped the Oilers over the last few seasons, but there definitely have been more impactful picks at the number one spot throughout the years. I think that's also fair to say. And Hopkins, like the rest of the Oilers, trying to kind of shed this label now of a great regular season team or a team with all the talent in the world, but they can't seem to put it together in the playoffs. They can't seem to, you know, really make it count for something. So we'll see how the Oilers fare with that next season. But, you know, Ryan Nugent, Hopkins, again, maybe a little underwhelming considering he went number one overall pick, but he has become a solid player for the Oilers, so certainly not a bust. Either. The Oilers pick first again, the third straight year in 2012, and they pick Nail Yakupov. And I got to be honest, I barely remember this guy, and it actually makes sense when you look at what happened because other than Rick DiPietro, this is the biggest bust on the list thus far. He just never really blossomed in his first four years in this league with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, He ended up going to the Blues for one season in 2016-2017. He moved on to the Avalanche in 2017-2018, and he is now in the KHL with SKA St. Petersburg. So yeah, I think the bus label is definitely fair here. Just 136 points in 350 career NHL games. It's funny because his rookie year, you know, at least if you're going by points, was his best year in 2012-2013. He played 48 games, 17 goals, and 14 assists. Not earth-shattering numbers, but hey, he's a rookie. You can live with that. He's got something to build on, but he just never came along after that during his time at Edmonton, and then he gets a second chance with the Blues, and then he gets a third chance with the Avalanche, and he did absolutely nothing with either of those teams. Uh, He is still just 26 years old, so maybe he takes one more crack at the NHL at some point, but I don't know if teams are going to be lining up to sign him, especially when you consider that he hasn't even really done that much in the KHL either, so uh, Yakupov, our second bust of the list thus far. 2013 was certainly not a bust. We had Nathan McKinnon going number one overall to the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche, you know, kind of down in the dumps for a number of years there, but McKinnon gave them uh, a heck of a piece to build around. He is still just 24 years old. He is up for the Hart Trophy this year. He is up for the Ted Lindsay Award this season with Leon Draisaitl and Artemi Panarin for both of those awards. They are the finalists. Uh, the Avalanche have returned to prominence as one of the elite teams in this league. McKinnon has been the one leading the charge. 93 or more points in all of the last three. Three seasons. One of those players that just seems to keep getting better and better with every passing year. And who knows, he might very well be on his way to his first Stanley Cup as we speak right now. But yes, definitely an excellent selection by the Colorado Avalanche. I don't think that can really be debated. 2014, you've got Aaron Ekblad going number one overall to the Florida Panthers. Ekblad is a very solid defenseman, but you know the Panthers would like a do-over if they could have one because Leon Draisaitl this season went number three overall to the Edmonton Oilers, and he's obviously emerging as one of the absolute best players in the world. Um, for the record, the Sabres picked number two during this draft, and they also whiffed on Dreisaitl because, of course, they did. Uh, they took Sam Reinhart number two overall, and then the Oilers uh, getting lucky and getting to take Leon Idol at number three. But Ekblad, you know, again, uh, he's a solid player. He's got two All-Star games under his belt. He won the Calder Trophy in 2015. Still just 24 years old, so he's still getting going. As good as he's been, there is still upside and a chance that he improves going forward. The Panthers, you know, they're kind of— becoming one of those middling teams. They're always at least in the playoff mix, which is definitely a step up from where they were about five or six years ago. But you don't ever really look at them and see all that big of a threat. But hey, maybe Aaron Ekblad can change that a little bit. Only time will tell there. But 212 points in 458 games as a defenseman, a very solid pick by the Panthers, even though they definitely made a mistake by not taking Drysdale number one overall in 2014. 2015, you got Connor McDavid going number one overall to the Edmonton Oilers. And how many number one overall picks have the Oilers gotten? I didn't realize it was this many. You know, I knew that it was like two or maybe three. But, man, this is like four in the last 10 years. And, again, with the Oilers, you know, they're kind of becoming one of those teams that's getting that rep for – not being able to quite put it all together because the talent is clearly there. Even when they make the playoffs, though, it seems like they have trouble doing anything. This year, of course, they lose to the 12-seeded Blackhawks. It wasn't McDavid's fault. I mean, nine points in four games. What more do you want? And for McDavid's career in five years, 162 goals, 307 assists for a total of 469 points in 351 games. He's an outstanding player. He's the captain. He's a four-time All-Star. He gets better every year. Really, the only thing that needs to improve is the Oilers' performance in the playoffs. But he is still just 23 years old, so he's obviously got a lot of time to find success in the postseason with this team and potentially lead them to a Stanley Cup somewhere down the road. 2016, Austin Matthews goes number one overall to the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's four years into his NHL career. He looks the part of a first overall pick. He's got 285 points in 282 career games. It's kind of the same thing with Matthews as with Tavares. Uh, You know, these guys need to find a way to help the Leafs break through because the Leafs have lost in the first round of the playoffs in all of Matthews' first four NHL seasons. So they're basically becoming the Bengals of the NHL. But Matthews, you know, again, just 22 years old, already a great player with room to improve. Definitely a good number one overall pick by the Leafs. Moving on to 2017, you've got Nico Heeshear going number one overall to the New Jersey Devils. The Devils were just a complete mess this past year. We all know that. Uh, he Shear hasn't really spread his wings at the NHL level just yet. He only had 36 points in 58 games this past year, and in 209 career NHL games, just 51 goals, 84 assists, uh, he did make the all-star team this year, but the Devils, you know, it, it's not all on He Shear. They were a mess, like we said, a vastly underachieving team. They were kind of a trendy pick in the preseason, uh, maybe not necessarily a Stanley Cup contender, but a team to kind of keep your eye on as far as climbing the ranks in the Eastern Conference, and obviously. obviously. Obviously, they just stumbled out of the starting blocks, and it was a complete mess. But if they are going to turn everything around, they're going to need their former number one overall pick here to kind of lead the charge if they're going to get things pointed in the right direction. He sure is still just 21 years old, so he's got all the time in the world to figure it out, help the Devils turn things around. Obviously, the book's still out on Heashear. 2018, you've got Rasmus Dahlin going number one overall to the Buffalo Sabres. And yeah, they messed up again because Andrei Svechnikov went number two to the Canes. Uh, Brady Kachuk went number four to the Senators. And Quinn Hughes went number seven to the Canucks, just to name a few. But hey, you know, Dahlin still just 20 years old. You never know. It's still extremely early. Maybe he goes on to be a better player than any of those guys I just mentioned. It's at least possible because all four of those guys that I just talked about just getting going in their NHL careers. Dolan does have 13 goals and 71 assists in 141 career NHL games. You'll definitely take that from a defenseman. The Sabres, they're just kind of a floundering franchise. And so there's a lot of pressure on Dolan because if the Sabres are to get things pointed in the right direction, then he's going to have to be one of the guys doing the heavy lifting and making that happen. So we'll see how it all plays out with Dolan. But, you know, certainly not a bad pick by the Sabres there by any stretch. It seems like he's going to go on to have a, a very nice NHL career. And then finally, 2019, you've got Jack Hughes going number one overall to the New Jersey Devils. It's similar to Capo Caco here, a little bit of an underwhelming rookie season for Jack Hughes. He only had seven goals and 14 assists in 61 games, but it's just one year. Hughes is still just 19 years old. And again, I mentioned this just a couple of minutes ago, but the Devils were a complete Mess this past year. And I know some people are divided on this, but I really do think Lindy Ruff is a pretty nice hire for the Devils. It's kind of the safe hire, but I think he commands a certain amount of respect just based on his track record in the NHL, how long he's been around. He's an old school kind of coach. Uh, It seems likely that he will at least get the Devils pointed in the right direction at some point next season. And that's going to be one of his biggest challenges is getting the most out of these former number one overall picks in Jack Hughes and Nico Heshear. We'll see what happens. But what did we learn overall here? Well, the number one overall pick uh, rarely results in a complete bust because we just looked at the last 20 number one overall picks. How many busts did we have on this countdown? You've got Rick DiPietro and Nail Yakupov, and that's it. And again, I barely even remember Yakupov, but again, that probably does make sense considering he never really did much of anything in the NHL, but you know, you look at these 20 individuals here, and you see franchise players, you see all-stars, you see MVPs, you see guys who have been on their team for a decade plus, you see Stanley Cup champions, you see multiple-time Stanley Cup champions, you see slam-dunk Hall of Famers, you see some of the best players that have ever played this sport, and it can't help but get you excited knowing that the Rangers are going to have the number one overall pick, and there's never a bad year to have the first pick in the draft But by all accounts, this is the year you really want to have the first pick, because Alexi Lafreniere, one of the absolute best prospects to come along in years, he basically has a limitless ceiling as far as what kind of an NHL career he could have, and he also seems to have a very safe floor. And again, you never know, there are no guarantees in this draft, in any draft, but the way people talk about him, it just sounds like his floor is basically him being a point-per-game player. So if that's a worst-case scenario, then you know you're drafting a heck of a player, and really, you know next season can't start soon enough. I mean, let's get these kids back on the ice and let's see what they can do. Definitely looking forward to seeing Alexi Lafreniere out there with the New York Rangers. But that's going to do it for today, guys. I know this was a little bit of a different kind of an episode today, but hopefully you enjoyed it just kind of taking a walk down memory lane here, seeing all these different players that, you know, went number one overall and seeing how their careers uh, panned out or are continuing to pan out. And hopefully you're all just that much more excited by the fact that the Rangers have the number one overall pick. And again, 99.9% that it's going to be Alexi Lafreniere joining the Rangers come draft night. So once again, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.